glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music, glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music, glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music, glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Trying to get hit, music allowed this nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch I come to party, trying to get hit Music allowed this nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch episode 362 of kicking it with the king with your host gabriel hernandez ladies and gentlemen we are back here with another episode of kicking it with the king oh my goodness what a show we have from top to bottom goodness gracious it's sunday july 11th 2021 and i did say on the last episode previewing ufc 264 that we would be back here on sunday to talk about and recap the craziness that did happen on Saturday night. A lot of predictions gone south. A lot of predictions just completely wrong. And shocking turn of events to the main event. Which is kind of crazy. We'll talk about how I was feeling about the main event before it happened. And so much great performances. A couple of breakout stars. A $75,000 bonus was on top of that. And uh, we'll talk about the fight of the nights and stuff like that. we got everything on this show today. Um... I was thinking personally, because I'm going to be busy next week, um, maybe we could combine both severely open-minded and kicking it with the king just for today, because we got um, we got a whole list of um, of topics and stuff for severely open-minded, but we've got to get through with uh, the fight, the fights and all that. Man, I was gonna um, do a recap show last night but throughout the whole fight night from like the start of the main card probably the start of the not the early prelims but um probably about when the the second fight before carlos condit's uh fight with max griffin uh we had started indulging in, in shots and stuff and um taking uh puffs of the joint and stuff so we're getting a little faded before the the main card and stuff like that so um had a lot of fun, obviously, like I said, I did pass out briefly for the Wonder Boy fight, like a second of the Wonder Boy fight, when he took on Gilbert Burns and stuff too, so um, overall, it, it was a solid night, a lot of unexpected results, and wow, my clocks were turned completely, you know, let's not, let's not waste any time, Alir Tuporia's knockout win over Ryan Hall, I mean, that, at the top of it, was quite impressive in, in its own right. Um, Gilbert Burns 
solves a puzzle, convincingly beats Steven Thompson. I mean, Steven did have a couple of good moments in that fight, but overall, it belonged to the Brazilian Gilbert Burns. We will talk about if that was enough to warrant a second shot at a title belt in the near future. Was it, does he need one more fight? Does he need maybe like a Covington or something like someone else or a Leon Edwards or, or something like that? Because Gilbert Burns beats a guy like Leon Edwards or, or something like, or a Masvidal as he did briefly call out. Then, um, then it, you know, he's right back in there for a title fight. But uh, let's, let's not rush and jump right into different topics and stuff like that. Let's t- start with, uh, obviously, it's Ryan Hall versus Aaliyah Tupara uh, performance because it was something that stuck out personally to me. I mean, obviously, um, you know, we, we can't go without talking about the main event, you know, unfortunately. Um, I mean, out of all uh, results, it's not a stoppage. I mean, it's not a knockout and it's not a submission. It's not a decision. I mean, remember we were saying like Dustin Poirier by unanimous decision. That was the direction generally that I was going. I didn't know that. Nor did I predict or want the main event to end the way that it ended. Obviously, I didn't see what happened. I just saw a bunch of the, you know. I mean, I seen him throwing those kicks right off the bat last night. And, you know, very effective kicks. And it looked like they were hurting him. A couple of those uh, kicks were really effective towards Poirier. And you know, all signs were all good until, you know, obviously Connor did get stunned briefly, was on the ground, and uh, Poirier did land a lot of ground and pound and seemed like a lot of effective ground and pound. I mean, McGregor did defend pretty well, but overall, Poirier was winning from start to finish, so there really wasn't any chance that McGregor had other than those couple of nice kicks. I mean, maybe they're not so nice considering the fact that he may have snapped his ankle, and he did snap his ankle, I do believe, or hurt his ankle. I mean, that's... That's crucial for someone like that. So we're, we're going to get right into this. And obviously, I'd like to start off with uh, Tuporia. Give some respect to Tuporia and his performance against Ryan Hall. Then we're going to talk about the future of Conor McGregor. I mean, what this unfortunately means for Dustin Poirier moving forward. I mean, for me personally, I've said this to people already that it wouldn't feel like a win for me and just... The fact that the third uh, trilogy fight, the third uh, biggest payday, the third biggest fight of my life ends that way with no convincing uh, winner. I mean, Poirier convincingly put McGregor away in the second fight. McGregor uh, convincingly put away Poirier in the first fight. And then in the third third fight, we get some weird fluky kick. Here it's himself. It wasn't off a kick. I mean, maybe it was, but Conor was throwing some some fucking hard-ass kick so if anything he's the one that injured himself it wasn't a clear injury i mean we've seen clear injuries happen off kicks a la chris weidman anderson silva a la anderson silva um it was jared cannonier when jared cannonier kicked anderson silva's leg out i mean chris weidman against uriah hall and we see our fair share of bruised and broken limbs inside the octagon jamal hill that was an arm submission it turned out his arm wasn't broken but it looked as if it was broken too so um We've had our fair share of very devastating injuries, nor nevertheless did I think it was going to happen in the main event, let alone to all people in the world, Conor McGregor. This could potentially be the ending, and I almost don't even want to talk about the uh, Tuporia fight. We won't even talk about it. All right, let's just get right into talking about Conor McGregor since since that's the main attraction here. That's a, one of the biggest things <coughs> Excuse me, 
to talk about here, but um, before we get to Conor McGregor, ladies and gentlemen, I know you're thirsting for what I got to say about this. So, if you want to continue and listen to all of our podcasts free and uncensored each and every week, do subscribe to our show exclusively on Spotify, exclusively on Anchor. Everywhere you get your podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we are available every single week. Um, also, episodes of Severely Open Minded as well every single week as well um kicking it with the king obviously like i said is available everywhere you get your shows ladies and gentlemen and do follow us we have social media do follow us we're available on um instagram at kwtk pod follow us there twitter as well kwtk pod for more so this the fight ends in the second round it's declared a uh, doctor stoppage due to honor, obviously Connor hurting his leg. At first, like I didn't notice that happen, and I was just like, "No, this is unfortunate." And it's like voodoo going to bite you back. I mean, like I said, I did say this last week. Regardless of who I thought was going to win, regardless of if I was right or wrong, I said that the trash talk to Poirier from Connor was going to look very, 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 very bad. On Sunday, the next day, or the night after, if he loses. Connor unfortunately lost on Saturday night and is on the wrong end of a broken ankle, as well as on the wrong end of a lot of people's uh, trash talking. Um, you know, obviously, when you're a big star like that and you create a lot of controversial headlines and stuff, you're going to have a lot of controversy throughout your entire career. I mean, I said a lot of, a lot was on the line for Connor. I mean, I, I'd said personally, for me, it would have been nice to see him get a win back and get back on that high horse. But now it just seems that, you know, towards the end of, not the, I don't want to say the end of his career. I mean, a, a broken ankle. I mean, vintage Connor was reliable on bouncing on his feet and, and using his kicks and, and being effective on the feet. But um, with your movement getting literally... Uh, what's it called, um, your movement's getting limited the way Connor's is with a broken ankle and stuff like that too, so that limits your movements, I don't know how long the recovery process is, um, I've never had a broken bone, let alone a broken ankle, uh, let's, let's type it in, how long on average does it take to, from, Broken ankles. On average, it says at least takes about six weeks for broken bones to heal. It may take longer for the involved ligaments and tendons to heal. As mentioned above, your doctor most, will most likely monitor the bone healing with repeated x-rays. This is typically done more during this first six weeks. Six, first six weeks if the surgery isn't chosen. But according to Dana White, this morning, Conor McGregor did go into surgery. Now, this is a question that everybody asks when something like this happens in our sport. We, we talked about this with Anderson Silva when he first broke his leg. Was he going to come back ever? Or, or was this the end? Were we going to never ever see the return of the great spider ever again? We fortunately did get to see him return. Obviously, not in the UFC anymore. But, you know, he did have an amazing boxing match where he looked vintage and looks phenomenal, man. The great Anderson Silva looking good over in the boxing world. Phenomenal. I mean, we got the return of Anderson Silva after that catastrophic broken leg. 
We haven't got the return of Chris Weidman because this was just recent. But from what we've seen and what Chris have said, what Chris has said on social media and what we know from like the interviews and what we can see from it, it seems like he's doing a lot better. He was able to walk on the 4th of July and he obviously, like I said, I think still needs to, I don't know if he needs to get surgery or what, what the updates on that is, but it seems to be that he's been able to move somewhat. So, I mean, that's good, but um, I mean, I, I'm pretty, I mean, it kind of scars me, ladies and gentlemen, seriously sit here and talk about the potential of them returning. I mean, if they're able to return and everything around them goes the way that, you know, fortunately needs to go when it comes to recovery and they listen to the best doctors and there's no bogus attached to it. And I don't want to see anybody return too quickly from their own pride and hurt their leg again or something like that, let alone their ankle. I mean, that's a very devastating injury, let alone, uh, you know, a foot injury, let alone a leg injury, a broken ankle. I mean, you can recover from them, but we're, we're going to have to wait a long, long time to see Connor fight. I don't know if he's going to, he's not, definitely not going to fight the rest of this year. I don't know if he's going to fight in 2022. I mean, I'm being kind of dramatic here. You know, six, up to six weeks for broken bones to heal. Do we even know if officially if it's a broken bone? We usually get some sort of like report or something that comes out from the UFC that says like officially broke his bone, but... Yeah, regardless of that, it's an unfortunate way for something to happen like that. I mean, obviously, we've seen from the video, it wasn't any visible thing that Poirier did that caused the injury. It would seemed as Connor was throwing leg kicks from hell, and if we've seen in the past, throwing leg kicks like that usually don't doesn't end up well for the the one involved. So, the ones involved, excuse me. So, Connor's on the wrong end of that. I don't even want to respect Conor McGregor and all that. I mean, I did uh, enjoy his little post-fight, what he said after that. And, you know, he kind of seemed like he was on another planet due to the uh, immense amount of pain that he was probably in. And credit to Joe Rogan for even doing a post-fight interview. I don't know what was worse. Interviewing uh, a Conor McGregor in agonizing pain or interviewing a knocked out a fighter who was previously knocked out. I don't know. You do the math. You guess on that one. But, um, I mean, we're not done talking about Conor McGregor, but I think it's time to segue from the side of Conor to the side of Dustin Poirier. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, out of all feelings that I, I could have, I'm not happy. I mean, I'm happy for him, let alone... Uh, 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 don't get me wrong. But a win like that doesn't sit as a win. It's unfortunate. I mean, he did have a good five minutes or so, or however long that was before the second round. He did good. He landed a lot of good shots on the ground. Devastating kicks of his own. Was affected by some of those kicks too. So if someone better comes in and kicks Poirier like that, I'm pretty damn sure you could really do some damage. You just got to watch out for the leg kicks, or for the, the checks. Easier said than done, but... Early on, McGregor was having uh, good effectiveness with those kicks, and it's un unfortunate to see what transpired after that. But it's um, obviously, like I said, I wish all the best to Connor and his team, and I hope to see him back sooner rather than later. You know, if, if we need to see him later, then by all means, the the life, the uh, the body, the mind, the soul needs to heal. If anything, he can't come back too soon after that, and it's just unfortunate that that's 
fate of one Conor McGregor on Saturday night. But uh, going over to the corner of Dustin Poirier, it was said that the winner of this fight would um, go along to fight Charles Oliveira, who was in attendance there on Saturday night. They, they, they are slated the winner. Obviously, the winner being Dustin Poirier is slated now to fight Charles Oliveira. I'm not in shock. I'm not in awe. I'm not excited at the moment. I'm I'm still taking it all in. Even though it's like a little bit over 24 hours since it happened. A little under 24 hours since uh, this fight has happened. I just, you know, as a fight fan, you sign yourself up for the potential disappointments. The unfortunate endings to contests. The unfortunate eye pokes. The unfortunate groin shots, the illegal knees, all of the above. We sign ourselves up and we know exactly what we're getting into as reporters, as podcasters, as close spectators of the sport. And it's an unfortunate turn of events, obviously. But I'm severely underwhelmed by the performance of Dustin Poirier. Not by the performance performance. I'm just underwhelmed by the result. Let me correct myself. I'm underwhelmed by the results. And it just I just don't feel like I wouldn't personally I wouldn't feel like it's a legitimate win. I mean, you can't walk out and say that you caused his injury. That looks ignorant. I mean, yeah. For example, if you're Chris Weidman against uh Anderson Silva, you could say, Yeah, I checked the kick visibly, checked the kick in the replay. He connected with his leg, his shin snapped in half. Same thing with Chris Weidman. And Uriah Hall, both times, Chris, unfortunately, on the wrong ends of... I mean, people still, to this day, consider the Anderson Silva 2-1 a fluke. But let alone, and let me just remind you, that Chris was unloaded on Anderson in the clinch. He dropped him, actually, from the clinch, because Anderson initiated the clinch. And Chris, uh, you know, obviously was throwing some punches from inside and, and inside the clinch. And, you know, he ended up dropping him and almost fucking finished him. But then the next round goes... On and Anderson's throwing those kicks and he just throws that one and then all of a sudden you see him just fall back and collapse with a broken fucking leg. I mean, we didn't see anything crazy like that happen in the corner fight. It was at the end of the round. It was before the next round continued and they stopped it in between rounds. So it just wasn't anything that was visible. I mean, I know Dustin said he may have heard it crack and let alone he might be right, ladies and gentlemen, but visibly and just visually at the end of it, regardless of who caused it, or how it truly happened, and all that, it's just not a way that you want to win a fight, personally, and I'm not criticizing Poirier, I obviously think, aside from this McGregor fight, he should have been fighting for the title a while back, he should have been fighting Charles Oliveira for the title, not Michael Chandler, and that would have been a more viable fight, but all signs point to Poirier taking on Charles Oliveira later on this year, and um, we can get ourselves out of the muddy water of depression when it comes to thinking about all this, because it's like, dude, like, really? This is an anticlimactic ending that we're going to get for Poirier McGregor 3? Are you kidding me? This is... Is this the ending to this trilogy dating back all the way to 2014? Are, are, this is the ending that we're getting? It's unfortunate for Poirier. It's unfortunate for a lot of the fans. But then again, you got the Poirier army. You got everybody that, that, that supports him. Um, real happy for him, uh, obviously wanting to see Poirier win, I mean, you like Connor or not, there, unfortunately there's going to be people out there that don't like you regardless, so 
I know there's an immense amount of support for Conor McGregor and, um, you know, support as always for one Dustin Poirier. The guy deserves it. He's been on the hot streak. He doesn't lose too long, uh, to lose too often. I mean, the only losses he's had in the last, like, seven-something-plus fights was the Michael Johnson fight and, obviously, the Khabib fight because everybody loses Khabib. But Conor essentially ended, ended injured himself in that fight, and it's just a weird way to... I, I, I didn't expect to sit here and be talking about a weird anticlimactic ending to a fight like that. Maybe Poirier cruises McGregor to a decision or wins by submission. Or convincingly knocks McGregor out or something like that, but not do a broken leg or broken ankle or some shit like that. It was just, it's just not, I don't know, it's just not the way I would imagine that all potential ways of this fight ending. It was that. Uh-huh, I'm good, I don't know. I'm gonna still, yeah, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna pretend like it didn't happen. It's just a really anticlimactic and uh, underwhelming way to celebrate someone's win. And, you know, all best to Poirier in this fight with Chandler, or not Chandler, excuse me, Charles Oliveira. I mean, that's all we can uh, really say. Um, Gilbert Burns, like I said, in the Coleman event, defeated uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson by... Unanimous decision. Um, a great win for uh, Gilbert Burns, especially coming off of this title fight with Kamaru Usman. Um, personally, I think he should fight one more person, like as we were saying earlier, because I don't really. We just seen him take on Usman, and there really wasn't anything there, in my opinion, that I felt he, you know, obviously, like I said, he uh, did drop him, and that is a feather in his cap, as I did say on the last podcast. Uh, but I do not think that's enough to warrant an immediate rematch after this win. Especially because the way he won. Like I said, whoever wins out of the Wonder Boy and Burns, and if they win in an impressive fashion, um, then, you know, I, I'd say Leon's performance over Nate Diaz is more rewarding. So now that we've got this fight over with, and the result necessarily wasn't the most overwhelmingly amazing performance, other than the fact that no one's really gotten Wonder Boy down like that since the Matt Brown fight back in the day. I mean, you can bring positives from these situations that you're in in these fights. It's just a matter of what the brass wants and what's going to make the most money UFC-wise and the biggest matchups they want to make. And I'm pretty sure Usman's next fight, they want to match him up with someone, you know, that's going to make some good money and stuff. I'm pretty damn sure. I mean, they've got, if they don't go with the Colby fight for the fans and stuff, I mean, there's, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about for rematches wise. I'd rather see, I, I've talked about this, but I'm going to bring it up again because we're talking about the welterweight landscape. But, um,. I just took a hit of my um, pen. So, I'm all up for rematches. I mean, I thought Colby did very good in the rematch in the first fight with Kamaru Usman. Aside from the broken jaw and all that, that's where I draw the line. Like after seeing that happen, I'm like, I don't want to see Colby fight him ever again. Especially after that jaw was fucking broken. Imagine when Usman lands the next nasty punch, which however much volume or power he chooses to put. If he lands that again, that kind of trauma to the brain and the jawline, are you are you saying his jaw like won't break again? Or like, I do not want to see him fight Colby again because for the sake of Colby, 
Not because Colby may win or just it's not a good match. Because he'll fuck Colby's jaw up for good. <coughs> and mind you, I mean, Colby did have a win and has fought since his broken jaw against Woodley. But I just... I just don't feel comfortable about that fight being the next one. I mean, maybe for Leon, because Leon did get smothered and beaten up by Usman back in the day, but he didn't get his jaw broken, like you said. So, if we're talking about rematches, I mean, maybe we see we, we match up those four men. We got Gilbert Burns, we've got Colby Covington, we've got Leon Edwards, and we got Masvidal. I mean, Masvidal just lost to Usman. And was actually brutally knocked out by Usman. So he's not in the mix. But if Gilbert Burns wants to fight a Masvidal, a guy who just fought for the title, to get himself back up, and he has a great performance against Masvidal or something like that, then, I mean, there's really no performance that tops what Usman did. You know what I mean? So I don't know what they're going to end up doing. Um... There isn't a clear-cut number one contender that's going to get fans excited like that, but there is a clear-cut number one contender that does deserve a title fight, and I think that is Leon Edwards. So despite Gilbert Burns' victory on Saturday night, I still think that there's uh, the title shot belongs to Leon Edwards, and if they don't do Leon Edwards, they should give it to Colby. I mean, maybe Colby defies the odds. I just personally don't like the matchup for him, uh, being the fact that he had his jaw broken, but... Um, I'm all for Colby Usman too, especially if Colby makes adjustments, especially if Colby really, you know, every time you see Colby fight, it's a newer version of him and he's even better each and every time. So if he's able to push Usman for that second time and, um, be effective in the second fight, if it does happen, then, um, then I'll, I'll be, I'll be all up for that as well too, but it's just not a personal favorite. I like Usman. I think he's. Um, improved over the years significantly, and this version of Usman is so dangerous. So, I'm I wouldn't push for someone if I knew something you might get fucked up. I'm not gonna push you to fight that one, man. I'm just I'm just saying personally. I mean, it's a great fight, but that's just my that was my personal thought on that one. It's just very scary if you look at the power of Usman. I mean, look what he did to freaking Gilbert Burns. Look what he did to freaking Masvidal, dude. I mean, no, still to this day. Nobody's done that to Moss at all. And the way he did it, he shut his lights out. And he never seen anybody do that. That's when you tell people to wake the fuck up when it comes to doubting a guy like Kamaru. It was it was absolutely insane, honestly. It was absolutely insane. So, I mean, from one performance to another, um, let's go, I have to look at, I kind of forgot who the, everybody who was on the card, but um, another breakout, amazing performance, a very um, unfortunate ending to, uh, ooh, Trump is looking old in this picture. Um, what is it called? So another amazing um, performance. Uh, a picture-perfect, a near-perfect performance by Sugar Sean O'Malley. He defeats Chris Montino by late round, uh, third round uh, TKO. It was going on its way to being a 
probably a one-sided 30-27, if you ask me. Uh, 30-27 uh, victory for Sean O'Malley. He was just piecing Moutinho up from the beginning, the start to the finish. As the fight got on, he was just landing and landing and pop, 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 pop. I'm surprised he didn't finish the fight earlier, but that's why we also got to give that absolute shout-out and respect to Chris Montino. Tough as nails, chin as steel, kept coming forward, wasn't phased, let alone phased at the weigh-ins when you saw Sean all aggressive and, you know, his energy's all high and he's getting in his face and Chris just looked unfazed, just as he was unfazed on Saturday night against Sean O'Malley and also earns an extra 75000 for his first UFC fight on short notice, on 11 days notice. Tell me that's not a moral victory in a way. Obviously, I wouldn't pick for anybody to take that many damaging shots the way Chris Martino looked and took. And I, for a second, I was thinking in my head until I seen a tweet yesterday. It really brought me back down to life once I seen that tweet. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm a fan of fights like that, but I'm also not a fan. And if you want me to uh, explain what I mean by uh, being a fan but not being a fan at the time, uh, at the same time, is seeing the damage that was taken in that fight. Chris Martino took a lot of damage, you know. I don't want to see someone whose fights or every single fight that they have is like that. I, I don't want to see it like that. It just It's not the way that I want to see it. I mean, obviously, it may be exciting for some, but... You know, you're thinking about it sitting here, being a close watcher of the sport, understanding the sport, understanding the dangers of mixed martial arts and, and dangers of boxing. I was talking about boxing yesterday with my brother. I was like, you know, thinking about it, boxing somewhat is more dangerous in a way than MMA because I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I may take a few leg kicks and I'm limping for a few days or I'm sore for a few weeks. Uh, but any one of those punches that land in boxing could be the damaging one. You're, they're going for your head or your body at times, but more so people are throwing it towards the head and throwing the land something to, you know, uh, generate a beautiful highlight reel knockout for sure. I mean, they're not just punching in the body in boxing. Otherwise, we wouldn't really talk about head trauma, but head trauma is a serious thing. I did a, a big report on it in college about football and head trauma and um also like would i let my kid the report said something like would i let my kids go into football why or why not and this was back when i was like thinking about the sport of mixed martial arts and the damages and the brain trauma and all that and i just i just thought in my head man i was just like you know i don't fucking know i mean i don't even remember what i said i just like you know it's like you're gambling every single fucking time you step on that field. You're gambling every time you step in that ring. And you're gambling every single time you step in that cage. Let alone, you're gambling every single time you step into sparring. Why do you think fighters over the years started or stopped sparring as much? Because it's damaging. It takes years off your career. Any one of these punches could be the last. You know, you look at the way Muhammad Ali, unfortunately, ended his life and his career and having Parkinson's and, you know, shaking and, you know, just it's an, it's an unfortunate uh, turn of events to people who unfortunately dedicate their lives to the great sport. And they're known as one of the greatest of all time, just like Ali was. But the damages of a lifetime of hard work 
in a lifetime of unfortunately taking too much shots to the head. Not saying that that's what he was known for. Just it accumulates over time. That's why when you see fighters who are getting knocked out easier than they once did, and you know age is catching up, it's a scary thing, man. You can't be fighting when you're super old like that. I mean, if you have the energy, if you really your body is able to hold up, and you didn't necessarily take the worst amount of crazy ass damage and stuff, like thinking about like the trauma and stuff, and just you now now that I'm really thinking about it, man, it just it it is quite frightening to think about for like the damages for a lot of these guys later on health wise. I mean, I haven't gotten into any wild amount of fights in my life and stuff like that. Like I feel like personally I'm good, and that's why I was talking about also the other day that. As a fighter and as a, as a person that thinks about this stuff all the time and someone, I mean, I'm saying not referring to myself as like a fighter, I'm saying as a fighter, though, you got, that has to be in the back of their head, so for sure, but there's people that are just, you know, guy, look at look at this, for example, a guy like Floyd Mayweather, who hasn't necessarily taken that many damage, like, if everybody could have, take the least amount of damage like Floyd Mayweather, I don't think we'd be talking about too much head trauma and now it just depends on the person and the brain and who the person is uh, i thought about that too as well when i seen the gilbert burns fight uh with uh what's it called wonder boy he landed did land a couple of nasty uh shots to the back of the head and no one really seemed to address or catch and i think like any one of these fucking punches man could be the end any one of these punches any one of these kicks i mean for fuck's sakes bizping Lost his eye essentially because of a kick off a roided Vitor Belfort back in the UFC. So you can't say that these guys' health are on the line, aren't on the line at all times. I mean, any one of these fights. I mean, for fuck's sakes, look what happened to Connor's ankle. He may never be the same again. You just never know. You just truly never know what one kick, one punch, one check, one illegal knee. I mean, the illegal knee thing too. That's why I'm just so dumbfounded off of how people can be so disrespectful to Aljamain Sterling and, and not see him as the undisputed Bantamweight champion of the world. I mean, the motherfucker threw an illegal knee and it looked pretty damn sharp. Let me pull it up, man. I want to pull that shit up. I'm getting fired up here. Um... Illegal uh, Aljamain Sterling... Legally watch this, dude. Watch. So people are trying to debate on if they're fake, if he's faking it. Okay, watch. So Aljamain, throw. We're gonna break it down from start to finish, and then we're gonna get back to what we're talking about. Watch this. Watch. Okay, so let's restart it real quick. Okay, watch. Aljo throws that head kick, goes for a takedown. Peter Yan easily stops it. Aljo's kind of had his hand on the ground. He's kneeing. Has a and he throws an illegal knee. Oh. His knee, yeah. His knee. Look at that, dude. Oh, yeah. That, that's a nasty knee. Do you know how hard the knees are? For people, for people, ladies and gentlemen, for, for, for people to say that he was faking. Just just bring me back to that fight. Let alone just thinking about the legal shots to the back of Wonder Boy's head in the fight that nobody caught. As well as how many shots Chris Montino took. You see, it's all a little pattern. And 
my what I was trying to get out of this and what I'm trying to talk about is it's obviously like we said we know what we sign up for these fighters know what we sign up for potential disappointment eye pokes illegal knees and you know unfortunate dick kicks at times it's unfortunate man this uh you know you get your brain rattled like that dude by a fucking knee when knees are used to knock people out when knees are used to break ribs, when knees are used to throw flying knees, when knees are used to uh, hit you in the liver, dude, knees are lethal. And if you look at that damn shot, the the Aljamain Sterling Peter Yan one, it was an illegal shot. So forgive me. There are there is a rule set. There are rules. You break the rules, you unfortunately pay. It's not a street fight where there's no rules. It's a sanctioned bout. You break the rules, you're out. Completely. And there's no there's no if, ands, or buts. You break the rules, you are out. He got disqualified. Al Jermaine, unfortunately, was awarded the belt. And now he has to fight him in a rematch to gain some clarity, to gain to gain some traction, and to be known as the USC Bantamweight champion, okay? Unfortunate for that. Let's get back to what we're talking about for Chris Moutinho. It's unfortunate. But positive wise, it seems like um everything, you know, he was you know, received a seventy five thousand dollar bonus. And uh you know, obviously on top of his show money which probably wasn't too much because, you know, he was just making his debut. And I know a lot of these fighters necessarily don't make a lot of the, especially the ones that aren't necessarily too much, too well known and stuff like that. Like, did anybody know who Chris Moutinho was on the high, on the UFC scene before? Like anybody say, oh, Chris Moutinho is fighting. Nobody knew who he was. Like nobody knew he was fighting Sean O'Malley. They just knew that it wasn't a ranked opponent and people wanted to shit on Sean O'Malley for that. Like I said, I don't know that like going back to that situation. I don't know if Sean picked him or the UFC offered it and Sean accepted or no one else. I mean, people were very talkative on Twitter about the fight, uh, for, uh, taking the fight with O'Malley. But at the end of it, we get Chris Moutinho, but at the, also at the end of it, um, this young man uh, gets to realize a dream of fighting in the UFC. I think he'll get another fight. I mean, $75,000 bonus on top of his show money. More following. Uh, respect by the MMA community. I mean, I don't want every single fight for him to be like that. I mean, I just don't think anybody can fight the way that Sean fights. And the way Sean was fighting, Sean looks absolutely on fire. It's not that Chris Moutinho looked bad. It was a short notice fight. And Sean is just absolutely on fire. So, I mean, he, he would look like that against anybody. It was just the fact that lesser people than, than Chris Moutinho would have, would have crumbled or fell. And arguably... I mean, it's so fucking wild to think about, ladies and gentlemen. But you think at some, you think about some of the people that Sugar Sean has slept. Eddie Wineland, um, Andre. Su Wait, who did? How did? Who, was it? Did he sleep? Who was he? He slept. Eddie Wineland. He slept. Um, Thomas Almeida. And what was the other one? Who was the other guy? He did he sleep him or did he beat? Him? I remember he beat one guy, but his whole fucking leg was all fucked up and stuff. After that um, one fight, and that was when Joe Rogan interviewed him on the floor. Um, 
Okay, so we go to Sean O'Malley, 26, 26 years old. Uh, all right, let's go to his... Okay, so out of all the fights that Sean O'Malley's had, that, that one that he won the uh, Contender Series... Oh, okay, so Sean's been knocking people out since 20... I mean, since the very beginning. I mean, he's had a total of 15 professional fights, uh, one on... Uh, one professional boxing fight, um, one by knockout in the fourth round. Um, okay, so he's beaten Alfred Kansakian on Dana White's Contender Series, Terry Ware, Andre, Andre Sukumtat, Okay, so it was Eddie Wineland, Aboto Quinones. I mean, so I'd say out of the, all Sean O'Malley's wins, hey, Chris Montino has a Wikipedia. So if you have a Wikipedia, that's how you know you've made it. Well, it's, I mean, it looks like someone just made it, but... Um, He's only been fighting since 2016. Huh. Wow. Um, so, Chris Moutinho. Oh, so, for Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley's biggest wins to date is not the Chris Moutinho one. But it's across... I'd say either that one... It's between that one and the Eddie Wineland one. The Eddie Wine, I mean, if you think, like, my point that I was making, I'm showing how damn tough Chris Montino is for being able to take those punches because he, like, sleeping people like Thomas Almeida, very, very dangerous guy. Um, Eddie Wineland, very, very dangerous. But, uh, fortunately, he didn't beat Marlon Vera, uh, the one Marlon Vera fight. I mean, Marlon Vera, is he a top contender? Wait, what's his, uh, he's number 13 in the Bantamweight ranks, so he's essentially, like, a top contender for real. Um, but, I mean, look at the people Marlon's fought. I mean, Sean and Marlon have... I mean, Marlon has fought a lot of people so far now. I mean, now his biggest fight probably was Jose Aldo. And then... Yeah, he just beat Davey Grant. But, you know, it's fight of the night. But, you know, obviously, Sean's fighting on pay-per-view. Um, Cheeto's fighting on fight night. So, I mean, if you really look at it. And just the way the injury happened and stuff like that. It was just... I don't know. I would like to see the Cheeto and Sean O'Malley fight again one day, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Um, and Cheeto Vera actually lost to Davy Grant back in the day, too. So um, he then he came back and he won. And obviously, like I said, that's the lone loss that Sean O'Malley has. Um, but how about this Ilya Tuperia kid versus Ryan Hall? I mean, we hadn't seen Ryan Hall fight in super long, so I was kind of excited to see Ryan Hall. I mean, there was all this hype, and uh, everyone's talking about how good he is and just how he hasn't been able to show it necessarily and shit. But we hadn't seen him lose. Uh, this is his first time we ever seen him lose. Uh, the last time he fought was 2019. And then before that, 2018. And then before that, 2016. And then 2015. So when he won the Ultimate Fighter finale against Artem Lobov, um, he didn't fight. It was December 11th, 2015. And then he didn't fight again until a year later on the 3rd. Well, essentially a year later. And then from there, he fights two years later on December 29th. And then since then... He fights, he fights, I mean, he fights, seems to fight every, 
two, the last two, the last four fights have been, so from 2016, 2018, from 2018, 2019, so the last time he fought was 2019 before yesterday. He, not very active. A lot of hype behind him at the time, but not very active. I'm going to pull up that Tuporia fight because I'm really, I'm, I want to see this shit again. I, that's what we were originally going to start off with, but we started talking about Conor McGregor, but overall my fight picks were quite shitty, ladies and gentlemen. Um, pull it up alrighty but I thought it was a fantastic uh, knockout I mean this I was like you can't sleep on this Teporia guy man especially when um, what is it when Ryan started doing all those freaks he was trying to roll and um, what's it called He's trying to roll in and uh, get that leg, which didn't work, which is the dumbest thing you could probably ever do. Um, was it, was it the early prelims? Um, let's see. I want to find that fight. I mean, I don't, I don't. I'm too lazy. To, I'm too fucking lazy and high to sign into ESPN Plus because I don't remember my um. My passcode, really, right now. I mean, I do, but I just don't know which one it is. You know what I mean? Here, let me see. But, you know, like I said, um, overall, a great night of fights. Um, what's next? What's the next fight card? Fuck it. We won't look at that fight then. Uh, Tai Tuivasa gets a nasty knockout over Greg Hardy. Very, very sluggish. Not sluggish as in, like, they were throwing. They were throwing significantly, man. And it was only a matter of time, like, only a matter of time you see who, who lands first. Um, why is my ESPN Plus app not loading? Everything else is loading but the ESPN Plus app. Oh, there we go. Why did it take so long, bro? The fuck? Don't be taking a long time on me, son. I pay for you every month. Eh, fuck it. But anyways, what else we got here? Um, Shout out to Max Griffin. Gets the job done. Um, defeats Carlos Condit by... Uh, uh, unanimous decision in snapping Carlos's two fight win streak. Um, it's just, it's just, uh, it's unfortunate, obviously, like I said, but great fight overall. Uh, Max Griffin looked good. Um, a lot of people were in attendance too. I mean, Trump was in attendance, Milk Boys, Justin Bieber, Travis Scott, Travis Barker, not Travis Scott, Travis Barker, excuse me. And, uh, I think, yeah, Travis, yeah, Travis Barker. Great fight, great thing, uh, great overall night of fights. Um, but um, so Conor McGregor has responded briefly in four word, five words, I believe, replying and responding to um, his unfortunate loss to Dustin Poirier in the, uh, for the second time in a row. "Quote: You need people like me." true and it's just i don't know like i said i don't want to add too much pressure on my back about it when i think about all this but 
I'm not in any rush to see Connor back because of his unfortunate injury right now. So I don't want to see him return like that just anytime soon. Maybe take a boxing fight. A boxing fight. Does that make sense now? I mean, if he can move on his feet and, you know, maybe be healed enough to do a boxing fight but not be healed enough to do an MMA fight, maybe we'll see him do a fun boxing match next. Now, uh, that's kind of crazy to say. I mean, Dana did say some crazy shit about, like, Poirier, four, Poirier Connor 4. And once Poirier goes on to fight for the title, maybe Poirier, if there's no top contenders, and Connor's healthy by the time and Poirier's the champion, is the undisputed champion or something, we get that fight. Um, I don't necessarily think that uh, Connor is done. Like, like I said, going back to what we were all saying earlier, uh, I don't think he is done. God, it just we we just gotta see him. Uh, we just gotta see him be more active, and that that is a huge ask for Connor in twenty twenty one in this day and age. I mean, obviously, we we did say earlier. Um, we did get him versus Poirier not that long ago. And we were blessed with this rematch because it was it was a great rematch. It was something that needed to happen. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, won't be able to be put to sleep or won't be able to sleep well at night knowing that that's the way that this fight ended. That's the thing. I mean, it was a great fight. I'm, I'm very, very happy for Poirier. Like I said, I wanted to see him fight for the title for quite some time. I mean, since, since when this whole inaugural champion thing came out and Charles Oliveira fought Michael Chandler, all respects to Michael Chandler, but I think a lot of people wanted to see Dustin Poirier fight for that. Poirier took the big money fight with Conor McGregor. He got paid. He's good. And now he just adds some change to what he made here on uh, and... Uh, and have some a good fight with Charles Oliveira. Now, the unfortunate part for Dustin Poirier now, uh, since he's through with his Connor uh, fights for now, uh, is the fact that maybe if he doesn't draw a bunch, but him versus Charles Oliveira wouldn't draw a lot. There's a difference between drawing and what fights are right. Like, oh, this is a right full number one contender, but we're going to go with the fighter that makes the most money or the fighter that's going to get the company most money. You know what I mean? Sometimes the UFC goes with that kind of stuff. So it's unfortunate. Um, I don't think that Poirier versus Oliveira will do bad. I think you just got to add a little bit more steam to the card and stuff. But uh, now we can actually go and jump in. So we're all over the place. Let me just kind of clarify my final thought about conor mcgregor for the boxing fights i think because his 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 ankle is injured and um you know he has great hands and has worked on his hands significantly i i think a fun boxing match would be fun if it's not against i mean i don't really want to see him box manny pacquiao and all that i want to see him in some fun fights the mayweather fight was fun it was a professional boxing fight if Jake Paul really thinks he, I mean, if he really wants to take on fun freak show fights at this day and age, and I, I think personally it's perfect for Connor now to participate in a lot of these fun off the chart, off the books matches because of where he's at. He just fought for, oh, he didn't just fight for the title, but he just fought Poirier in a kind of a, a title like fight, the, the, the best fighter at lightweight he fought. 
that night. He lost, unfortunately. He's not going to be fighting for a title anytime soon. And then um, Poirier versus Connor for, I don't know. When he said, Dana says when Connor's healed up, they'd want to do that one again. And this is one of the rare cases where we get one of those fights here. And we will get one of those fights. But in the meantime, if not, if the we don't know what's going to happen from right now until when Poirier fights Oliveira. Say Oliveira beats if Oliveira beats Poirier, then that would kind of be a better segue into the Connor fight. But then it's going to be weird giving Connor a shot at Poirier again for the fourth time if Poirier has a belt and Connor hasn't fought then. So I don't know. We we've seen this and Dana said all these different things before. But uh, we don't know what's going to happen from now until then. And curious to see what they're going to end up doing. Um, and when they're going to do the fight with Charles Oliveira. And Dustin Poirier. But whenever they do, I will be watching. And I will be waiting for it. Um, like I said, for Connor, I mean, a boxing fight, big free show boxing matches right now seems like the thing to do, especially when you can make tons of money, probably make more money than you make in box. You probably make more money in boxing on one night than you would in this UFC and all leading up to it. I mean, Connor has fantastic boxing. He's always looked good on the pads. Conditioning has really kind of been his thing and timing and stuff. And he really now is the opportunity for him to, uh, want to, go over to boxing and you know just fight somebody that's gonna have, fight someone with a big name as well i mean like these jake paul people jake paul logan paul all these people wanting to box and they have a huge youtube following plus you add the boxing community and all the followers from the world of boxing and combat sports you're getting people talking about shit that never talked about this let alone hearing myself talk about a Jake Paul fight on this motherfucking mixed martial arts-based podcast. You know, it's it's just insane. It's insane to, to think that's, that's the world that we live in now, but it's starting all to make sense. And we did say that we probably most likely were going to... Some breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, here on the show. Uh, we're about to hit the first hour of our show so we will switch off kicking it with the king eventually at the at the first hour and we will um have severely open-minded all in the same room ladies and gentlemen the entire podcast i think we're gonna do two podcasts in one day so we will have a brand new episode of severely open-minded well it's not it's not gonna be in the same episode it's just gonna be um it's going to be in the same day, and both episodes will be released in the same day. So uh, let's get back to um, Poirier. I mean, Poirier, like I said, uh, Poirier versus Oliveira. Poirier, obviously, is great striker. I mean, great chin. Took a lot of Connor's best shots and, you know, obviously has a lot of power in his own right. He's a very aggressive, you know, very uh, great counters, great punches great flurries I mean hurts you and eventually you know wears you down and, and finishes you and if you look at the way that he beat Max Holloway man that was so so impressive it was uh super impressive man. you know what I mean it's just the way he was able to do that the way he beat down uh, Conor McGregor in the second fight the way he beat up Justin Gaethje the way he beat up Eddie Alvarez two times Insane performances by Dustin Poirier. 
And I hope, generally, as time goes by, that people, uh, you know, obviously tend to, you know, not not necessarily, like, hate on him. Because it's not his fault that the fight ended like that. It's just an unfortunate turn of events. You know what I mean? It's a serious unfortunate turn of events. And styles-wise, now we can move along from that. And we'll talk about the style. Like I said, the style of Poirier. Great bo- very boxing-heavy. Great kicks. Great wrestling. Great jiu-jitsu. But if you want to talk about who has the better jiu-jitsu, I'd say in the corner of the champion, Charles Oliveira, has has significantly better jiu-jitsu. I think he can choke Poirier if he gets in that kind of position. And I don't know if his striking just improved that much or he was smart enough to capitalize on something Chandler did that cost him the fight. He knocked Chandler out impressively. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't think out of all ways to win. We've seen crazier things in the sport. But I don't think Oliveira would knock out Poirier. I mean, I'm interested to see how this goes. I mean, I'm interested to see if Poirier can really stop the aggressive grappling of Oliveira, because Oliveira, if he wants to get that fight to the ground, and he he's going to try to implement. I mean, Connor didn't try to shoot on on Dustin either time, so it's going to be interesting to see, like what happens when someone really tries to implement that Khabib like style against Poirier again. I I just think that Charles Oliveira is a very tough fight, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that one. Um, I think that is it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to hit an hour. The anchor only lets us go for an hour. Can you believe that, ladies and gentlemen? So unfortunate. Um, but along at long last, it, it, it was good to be back. And obviously, like I said, I will have more. We will have more to talk about. This, this isn't the end. I want to hear what everyone else has got to say, let alone like everyone else and all the other podcasts that I listen to and shit. I want pe- I want to know what people have to think and what they have to say about all this. So a busy week ahead of myself, but um, we're going to have a great time as always and enjoy uh, all the news to come out. I mean, hopefully we'll get some more answers as the day goes, the next uh, few days goes by. Ne- very, very um, sincerely hope Conor McGregor is okay, regardless of your beefs, regardless of you hate him or you don't like him because of his antics, the way he treats people and how he comes off as a human being and stuff, taking shots at Joe Lee Poirier after the fight, had enough energy to say that, makes him a savage, man. Still, your wife was in my DMs. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. Even in the agonizing pain and that version of himself. Wow, man. Jolie Poirier uh, flipping him the bird, too, if you caught the glimpse of that. Um, but other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we will return with another episode of Kicking It With The King this upcoming Wednesday. Um and um, obviously, like I said, we will have a debut, another episode of Severely Open Minded released for you as well. The same day, same podcast, uh, same uh, host, different podcast, brand new episode of Severely Open Minded will be coming right after this one, ladies and gentlemen. So um, without further ado, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, everywhere. KWTK pod on Instagram, KWTK pod on, on Twitter, uh, real G the King underscore on Twitter and G the King underscore official on Instagram. Uh, 
as well. I have TikTok. I have all of the above, ladies and gentlemen. You can click the link in my Instagram bio as well. That will take you to all of my social media. This is Gabriel Hernandez signing off here on this amazing episode. Uh, we had a great time. We talked a lot about everything. I mean, um, like I said, congrats to all the winners. Unfortunate for the losers. Um, Chris Montino earned a lot of fans. I mean, Sugar Sean looking on fire as he always does. I mean, I mean, Gilbert Burns returning to the win column, beating Wonder Boy the way he did. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing performances. Tai Tuivasa doing the shoot yet again, knocking out Greg Hardy the way he did. Absolutely amazing. I mean, um, Topira beating Ryan Hall the way he beat him. And what one little quick shout-out as we got a minute left here on the broadcast. Um, I wanted to give another quick little shout-out before we get out of here. I don't know, it's hard to say his name, but Drykus du Plessis. He had a nasty knockout as well. Drykus du Plessis. Wow. KSW MMA, uh, KSW champion, former champion there. So uh, he had a nasty win over Trevin Giles, too. Very nasty win. That's all for us, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gabriel Hernandez signing off. DJ, take it away. It's all yours, baby. We're out of this bitch. Bye, folks. I can make the earthquake. It is so hot, I ain't gotta fake. I can make the earthquake. It is so hot, I ain't gotta fake. I can make the earthquake. It is so hot, I ain't gotta fake. I can make the earthquake. It is so hot, I ain't gotta It is so hot, I ain't gotta fake.